Is this the basement? It's the lower level. Okay. Salutations, everybody. It's time for another episode of Bald and Bingeable with D'Angelo. I'm D'Angelo, and I'm here to take you through an auditory journey through all the things in pop culture that you love, the stuff that you consume, the stuff that you find insatiable. Okay, you guys, who am I insatiable about right now? Okay, so who I am insatiable about is a friend of mine. We have worked together multiple times. And I want to say that like, she's always coming in a clutch too. So you've had some good good little gigs here and there with me. But um, she has embarked on a different type of career. So everybody welcome Courtney Lynn. Hi, everyone. Okay. So we're going to pretend there's a big studio audience here. So, oh my God, so much love. Okay, you guys, Courtney Lynn is such a multiple threat singer. Now, you're not a singer, though. Are you? Are you a singer? Do you sing? Um, I, I've sing, sung within my projects, but I, I'm not releasing an EP anytime soon. You never know, though. Somebody asks, she will totally be there. Okay, so she is an actor. She is a dancer, and she is a voiceover artist extraordinaire. And so, and it's just kind of like a really, really cool, different kind of a career that is completely... Okay, so during the pandemic, all things on, I started following a lot of different people on TikTok that way realized, oh, this is a voiceover artist, you know, and you have like your big ones like Nancy Cartwright, who does like Bart Simpson and that yeah. kind of thing, mm-hmm. who just constantly has like reels now coming out all the time, you yeah. know, and then you have like, um, and now his name is going to escape me, but the guy who plays the toddler on uh, something danger, Unrotted Danger, I think it is. Oh, and I don't so, know but j- just... But anyways, so there's all these different people that do, do like these um, voiceover kind of things. And so just wanted to know really quickly, like, how did you get into that part of your career? Um, sure. So um, I, I so in undergrad, I was actually a biology and neuroscience major and had all these like dreams of going to medical school. Um, and I, I was dancing at the time already. I just kind of did that as a hobby. I was competing on the side. Um, but what ended up happening was two things. One, um, I worked in a rat lab one summer um, for one of my professors, and um, I found that whole thing very traumatizing, and it made me kind of not want to work in medicine because I don't really like handling, you know, animals within that field. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm I'm a big (laughs) animal lover, um, so it was just like it was just hard for me to do that. Um, And then uh, B, I was in an accident actually Um, during one of my dance competitions. I actually um, I I tore a nerve in between one of my spinal discs, and um, it sounds so dramatic. Um, It was only a few days, but I I couldn't walk. I I felt like I was paralyzed, and um, it really made me kind of reevaluate. You know, like how big dance can be a part of my life. And and I spoke with my doctor and they were like, yeah, you know, maybe like 60 hours of like hardcore rehearsals isn't, you know, doable for your body. <laughs> just 60 <laughs> hours for the week. Yeah, yeah. like and I'm not I'm not getting paid for those either. You know, it's just my passion. So mm-hmm. I was like, OK, let's pivot. I still want to do something artistic. Um, medical school was kind of, you know, not my thing anymore. So I was like, what else could I do? So that's how I kind of transitioned into acting. Mm-hmm. Um, and I started doing some on-camera stuff, some web series, and um, 
while on a show, um, I was talking to the DP and I don't know how voiceover got brought up, but he was like, oh, my mom's a coach. And I was like, oh, cool. Um, put me in contact with her. Why not? Because, you, you know, you meet someone. Um, and I was like, OK, like maybe this person can kind of um, teach me a little bit about that. And so I just hopped into one of her classes and I never looked back. So I'm full time now um, in this um, like acting career, both on camera and behind the mic. And I love it. I love it. So like, I remember like the first thing I think I even like when I noticed like, oh, Courtney's doing something different was the Snapchat series that you had. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. That was a little while back. And so there was that. And then like, since then you've done like Rainbow High, you do, yeah. you do voice dubs too, for like English translation for like Ghost in the Shell, like yeah. what, like, so, and then you're also doing like video games and things. Mm -hmm. So this is kind of, it's really, really cool how this is all like kind of taken off. And like one thing is like probably led in to like the next and that kind of thing yeah but. i mean not gonna lie it took me a long time to get to this point mm -hmm. um I, as as long as you've known me you know i i've been dancing and and i wanted to do something in in the arts but you know this kind of career is so difficult like there's such there's such a hustle to it and i was working every job under the sun just so mm -hmm. i could afford my bills and classes um so it's really only in the last couple of years have i been able to kind of do this full time and, and reach a point where i can actually support myself comfortably there you go and then take the extra gigs for like person's shoe money when you hear in there <laughs> and i completely know that so it's like you have the day job and then you have to like do and then you every so often you're like you feel that bite of like i need to go and move my body in front of people i need to go do mm -hmm. this like you know absolutely so kind of things. okay courtney i don't know where did you grow up i grew up in san diego oh i didn't even realize that yeah oh so you went san from san diego, san diego up to la okay mm -hmm. okay and and where was school uh, I went to Francis Parker in San Diego and then uh, Occidental for undergrad and UCLA for grad school. Oh, amazing. So, okay. So she's smart. She went to UCLA, whatever. <laughs> okay. You guys. So now with this new version of Bald and Bingeable that you guys have been getting now, um, you know, we have a little bit of a different format. So we used to just kind of like go off the rails and just talk about series, series, series. But right now we're going to do a quick it's not a one word, you know, answer, but we're going to do our quick 10. And these are very, very self-indulgent. Some of them have to do with like the TV show. Some have to do with what I eat, all those kind of things. Okay. Yeah, so here we go. Okay. So Courtney, what is the last show that you binged? Steven Universe. Oh my God. Did you watch the whole entire thing? The entire thing from top to bottom. And I sobbed at the end. It was magical. Oh my God. I love that. <laughs> so I have, I started it right. Like when it first came out and I haven't like, I, then I kind of like dropped it like uh -oh. after like two or three years, like when Adventure Time and everything else was going on. So I have to yeah. pick it back up. And so, and I think that's gonna be a thing. Do but, it. Okay. So uh, as we, as we keep on going, um, okay. So one of my favorite cities is New York City. Now, if you go to New York City, are you more of a New York in the fall or New York at Christmas time? Oh, Okay. I, I've never been to New York in Christmas. Um, oh. I want, I'm a big, like, I'm not religious, but I love Christmas. Uh -huh. And I feel like I want to be there, but my, like, you know, lame ass San Diego, but like, probably would not be able to handle that winter. Okay. We are going to do this because it's like, New York is absolutely magical at Christmas time. And the thing right. is, and it's like one of those times you have to like get in, get out. And the thing is, and plus now that, you know, we're a little bit older we have a little bit more of like a savings and everything else you can do new york the right way you know so true so now you have to do that so i will i will i will encourage you to do that okay so i love housewives you know i'm really really into like the housewife shows and that sort of thing and i don't know where you sit on housewives but i'm going to ask you do you have a favorite housewife or can you name a housewife 
<laughs> I can't name a housewife. Okay, so that was our time today. This has been Courtney oh, Lynn no. on. No, I'm just joking. Okay, so, <laughs> okay. Um, now I'm going to be asking you. So when we talk about binging things, and mm-hmm. I want to make sure that we get back to like the root of things. Let's start at the very, very beginning of the day, or maybe at the end of the day. But do you have a favorite beauty binge, a favorite product that you can't live without, or that you have now become obsessed with? Um, in for beauty? No. Mm -hmm. I mean, honestly, most of the time I roll around looking like a troll, um, in my house. That is so (laughs) not true. I have never seen you look terrible. Because you see me at fabulous events, like me by myself, (laughs) I'm a little, I'm a little gremlin. Um, so I mean, I, I don't, I'm not like huge into beauty stuff. I'll go to Sephora Mm -hmm. like twice a year to stock up on the essentials, but I'll usually just buy whatever's like cheapest there. Okay. I love that. And I kind of hate that at the same exact time. So, okay. You guys, I have really, really recently, um, this product that I've now really, really gotten into is like this new CB, CBD bath bomb. Okay. And so and it's by, it's called, but it's lush queen and get it at a lot of like your, um, marijuana dispensaries and that sort of a thing. It worked, girl. Okay. So oh, I tell th- me more because I need this. Sounds like something I need. Okay. Yeah. So this is like my new favorite thing. So it's a bath bomb, like, you know, a bath bomb. So I threw that inside. We have this new tub now because we just redid one of our uh, bathrooms. Mm-hmm. And so we did like the extra deep tub because it was specifically for soaking because in my main, our master bath, or bath, we don't have a tub. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, we're going to indulge. And so my first like really good bath was it's called, it's Lush Queen. I got it in the purple. I don't know if they have different flavors or whatever, but Ooh, it's, uh, I want to say it's like a T it's like a CBD, CBD THC three to one or whatever. And so, and I was having this like really, really like major, like just right between the shoulder blade kind of pain from like sleeping mm. weird. Mm. And so threw that in, got in 20 minutes later, and then 40 minutes passed. I didn't even realize it. And so it was just like completely chill, just like listening to like random podcasts, got out, went to bed, had the most amazing sleep. So it is my new product that I'm completely into. Okay. Okay. You're going to have to link me that later. Yes. I know they need to become a sponsor of this podcast immediately. (laughs) Okay. Do you have a favorite musical or Broadway show? Oh, that's hard. Um, (sighs) on the spot. I mean, I I know like everyone loves this, but like I really love Hamilton. I've actually seen it three times on Broadway now. Um, and I also I really love um, hairspray. And, mm-hmm. um, recently I saw Hades Town and that was amazing. Okay. Um, I just I love I love musicals in general. I wish I could sing like that, like that level. Well, see, my thing with musicals is like, I'm a theater kid, you know what I mean? I, mm-hmm. I went to school for theater and all that kind of thing. And so um, when a mu- when you get to like a show and like, and you know this because as a performer, as a dancer, as a person who knows how much, you know, goes into everybody mm-hmm. sounding a certain way and making that button and hitting those marks. And so, and there's always a moment like at the beginning of a musical, like when everything kind of like swells and everybody comes on. And if I feel that hot in the face, like I'm going to cry kind of a feeling, mm-hmm. there is nothing like that when you're inside the, inside the actual theater. So um yes when it comes to Hamilton it's a blind spot for me I know you guys (laughs) (laughs) I know don't cancel me and I know I know work I know a lot of the songs and the thing is is and I've done so many random like corporate parodies of Hamilton songs for different things I'm sure yeah and I I own a full costume rack of Hamilton costumes okay amazing but 
I still, I have not seen it though myself. And so oh. I know, I know. And so I need to do it. I've booked Ariana Ansvar. I mean, we have booked people from the shows and the oh tours, but it's a move. It's a musical that I still have not seen. And I think I need to see it like in the actual theater and not on like it a changes. Disney plus. Yes. Yeah. It changes for sure that way. Okay. So I'm going to have to do that. I'm going to, it's going to be, that's, that's my thing I'm going to be doing in this next season as it comes back around. Okay. So number six, I have a favorite food and it's called sandwiches. Okay. <laughs> Do you have a favorite sandwich? I can think of one sandwich I had and it's when I was I was in Italy and I was on the Amalfi coast and they're known for their bufala mozzarella which is like a buffalo mozzarella cheese mm -hmm. and oh my god like you can buy it here but it's just not the same like in Italy No it's not. That you can like drink the olive oil. It's so fresh, so sweet. The cheese, oh God, all of it. The basil and then the tomatoes taste like apples there for some reason. That was the best sandwich okay. I've ever had. And what is it called again? Um, it was basically a caprese, but it was made with buffalo mozzarella. But um, you have to go to Italy, guys. You, you have, have to. Go to. I'm sorry. Go, go book your plane ticket now. Yes. So if you guys are going to be going to Italy and all that sort of thing, let's real quickly, before we get a little bit further, and you guys probably want to know what Courtney Lynn looks like. Kit, Courtney, where can they find you on Instagram and the socials real quick? Sure. So on basically every single social media platform, I'm the Courtney Lynn. Okay, so that's the Courtney Lynn. So if you guys are going to be going to Italy, hit her up and find out where she got that amazing sandwich because I'm going to be doing that. Mm -hmm. um, except for cheese really is better in the origin of where you like, where it's made. Yeah, I think that's like, why. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I got really, really into halloumi in like 2019 because we went to Cyprus. I was going to ask if you were in Cyprus. Yeah. <laughs> and so, and there is just something so different about having like a grilled halloumi sandwich there on the beach. Mm -hmm. And then like we bought halloumi and try to replicate it and it was good, but it's not the same. It's not. It's it really not. isn't. So when you have it here stateside. Okay. Number seven, this is like a very indulgent one and everything. And this tests if you're really a true ally. And that would be, do you have a favorite LGBTQ plus pride memory in all of your years? Memory. Mm -hmm. um, a party, a moment, a parade, a, a drag queen, a thing. So, um, yeah, uh, I guess two quick ones. Um, I went to Pride San Diego. Oh gosh, I think it was in 2015, mm -hmm. and it was so magical because, um, like me and and a whole group of friends, like we all wore white and we bought a bunch of paint and we were just like painting each other. And then we were running around and letting other people paint us. And then we started painting other people. And it, it just felt so, it was just such a joyous experience, you know, to share, especially in that time was with a bunch of strangers. That was uh -huh. awesome. Um, and then uh, person, I want to plug Paris. Hello. <laughs> because um, like, you know, I, a lot of the events we've worked on together, you know, Paris always has the costumes and I follow Paris on Facebook and, oh, just. Yes. So she's cool. talking about Paris to Kobe Max. You guys can find her at that, you know, everywhere. So she's actually last week, I'm saying last week, but this is going to probably come out like a month from now. So <laughs> back a couple of weeks ago, um, on the Balladified, our sister podcast, another podcast that I actually produced, and that's the corporate entertainment one, we actually just interviewed her. Oh, and it amazing. is one of the best interviews we've had. And so just about how she turns things off and about her backstage kind of things. And so, yeah, there is something extra special about when you're around with Paris. Okay, this is going to lead us into another thing. So I think I've already answered this next question. And so, okay. or you have already. So that would be number seven. Do you have a favorite drag queen? And there's no points, but if there were points, there would be bonus points if it was a local, not on TV drag queen. <laughs> um, 
a low I, I'll be honest I I don't really know many like local drag queens in LA mm -hmm. but it doesn't um, need to be local to LA I just mean somebody who hasn't been on TV and I think you just said Paris yeah I, I was about to say has Paris been on TV <laughs> yeah well no she hasn't but they, they actually oh, mentioned she that, should. that yeah they, <laughs> He talks about it in that in that interview too because she was actually asked to be on the show like she early needs her in own show, Drag honestly. Race. Yeah. Yeah. She completely does. Okay. Mm -hmm. So scratching that one. So let's go over to the question number nine. And um I need to know musically, what's an album that you can sing from start to finish? Um, Beyonce Lemonade. Oh my goodness. So so <sighs> Can you believe that that's been out for like over five years? Like I can't been... because it's just so iconic, like in my head, in my mm -hmm. head, it's, it's so iconic. And I, I mean, I love, I love her new album too, but there's something about Lemonade where I'm just like, it just like puts me in a mood mm -hmm. and I freaking love it. It's one of those albums too, that like you just, a song plays and you're like, oh, and then all of a sudden you realize, you know, all the words. Yeah. Yes. Like it's like, it's one of those. <laughs> okay. Completely loved. And then my final question. Okay. It's a little bit complex. So okay. <laughs> it's the final scene of the 1993 film, The Good Son, starring Macaulay Culkin and Elijah Wood, you know. And so do you ever see that movie from a long time ago, The Good Son? And so at the very, very end of the movie, mom is hanging off the side of a cliff and she's got Macaulay Culkin in one hand and Elijah Wood in the other. And she has to make the decision. Who is she going to let go of and who is she going to keep? This is dark. So my question is, if Courtney Lynn was hanging off the side, <gasps> would you save Beyonce or Britney Spears? Oh, I'm going to get roasted for this. See, these are my two favorite girls, so I just need to know. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I know. I'm going to get so roasted for this. Um, Love them both. But I mean, I I would save Beyonce. See, there, that's the thing is, it's like, it's, it really is a Sophie's choice. And then when you're like, you save Beyonce, then you think, but it's Britney. See, that's I the know. thing. I so know. I myself can't answer this question, so I make everybody else answer. So here on Bottom Bingeable, we have our three main questions that we ask, and I might have stolen from somewhere else, but don't even worry about it. And that would be, where are you from? Where are you now? And where are you going? And you can take this in the relationship sphere. You can take this in the personal, the love life, the work, the literal like where have you been <laughs> but we got into san diego and la so we got we talked yeah. about those um okay um where have i been so i i I, I, actually, I'm going to start where I am now, and then I'll, I'll talk about Perfect. yeah, yeah. So where I am now, um, I I feel like I've I've reinvented kind of who I am um, enough to like enough times to know that like I can really be anything, and um, you know, and that comes from you know me coming from a really science background, and then you know wanting to be a dancer, and then hurting myself, and like losing that identity, and then reinventing myself as an actor, you know, and then. Um, and, and just like being able, like basically like push myself in directions I never thought I could go, um, especially because where I come from um, is not entertainment. You know, I, I grew up um, with a single immigrant mother um, who didn't speak a lot of English. And um, there was always this kind of like one track, like, oh, go to school, become a doctor, you know, you know, make money, you know? And it was just kind mm -hmm. of always this, this thing that it's like, oh, I have to be that because that felt like it was what was set out for me. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's kind of where I was. And that, and I think that mindset when you kind of limit yourself um, is, you know, 
just kind of small, you know, it doesn't allow you to expand and to grow. And so I feel like that's where I was and where I am now. I feel like I've kind of come into my own and I've taken a lot of risks um, in my life. Um, you know, especially like during the pandemic when everyone was not working, you know, mm -hmm. me choosing to invest in, you know, new equipment, invest in new classes, like invest in my recording booth that I built in my apartment. And all those are really scary because I didn't have a career yet, you know, mm -hmm. um, and 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 me just kind of like taking the leap and getting to where I am now. And then in terms of where I'm going, I'm just like really excited to see where um, this career can take me. Um, I'm also excited and not afraid if like something were to happen that I, I won't have the ability to change, adapt and grow from that and pivot if I need to, like I have to in the past. Mm -hmm. That's pretty amazing. So like, I love the fact that you said that you took some risks and the thing was is in, you completed them. Do you know what I mean? So like, mm -hmm. there's, there's always that thing of like, okay, well, I'm going to put half a foot in, you know what I mean? I'm going to invest right. this much. And so, and then all of a sudden it doesn't work out. And then you wonder why. And it's because you weren't giving a hundred percent and everybody could tell yeah. that you weren't giving a hundred. And then all of a sudden, when you made this change of like, okay, I'm going to completely jump in. I'm going to build this, build this booth. I'm going to invest in a mic. I'm going to invest in all these different pieces and everything. And all of a sudden like work starts coming and work yeah starts multiplying and those kind of things and so and i completely like, get that <laughs> absolutely what was like okay as a kid so your your mom I, I completely get you know the immigrant status parent you know that kind of um my dad uh grew up in puerto rico but the mm -hmm. thing was is, is but there's still there was a language barrier and those kind of things when he first you know came yeah, over to like totally. the mainland and so and there was a there was a bit of like um a fear i think from my own parents of like me speaking Spanish, you know what yeah. I mean? So they, they didn't want to do that. And they wanted to just English, English, English. And then they realized, you know, when my sister came along that, uh Oh, we should have just did both, you know what I mean? And that kind of thing. Yeah. And so knowing that, you know, like you have a parent who they have these natural ingrained fears because they know what the, the, the things that are all out there. And then uh -huh. you come to them and you have this half analytical science brain and then there's this other part of you that wants to play with all the other colors that are in like you know the crayon box mm -hmm. and so where was like the first time that you think that a piece of art or some kind of a um, opportunity presented itself that you had to like put your foot down with your mom and say like no I need to do this magical artsy thing and I need to put away the math for a second like where does when was that do you remember any of that um, yeah, so, um, my mom, like, I, I would say, like, in terms of strictness, you know, it was like the highest when I was younger, but as I, as I got older, and she became more Americanized, you know, she got a little bit looser with like her rules and all of that. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, I remember, um, when I was going off to college, um, my, you know, I was talking with my mom and she was like, well, if you go to college, like you shouldn't take your car, like you won't need it. And I was like, well, I will need a car because I plan on auditioning for an LA dance team and I'm going to dance. And she's like, no, you can't do that. She's like, you can't do school and do dance at the same time. You're not going to be able to focus. And it, it was one of those like classic, like high school movie girl mm -hmm. fights with her mom, like screaming. I'm but I want to dance. Yeah. I was like, I just want to dance. I can do both. <laughs> and I was so pissed that she didn't think I could do it. She truly mm -hmm. didn't. And there is some validity to that. In high school, I, I, I thought 
school was dumb. I didn't try that hard. Um, you know, so there was some validity to that, but, but it's not that I couldn't, it's that I didn't want to, you know? Yeah. And so, but by her saying that to me, you know, I went off to college and I was like, nah, nah, fuck you, mom, I can do both. And then I, you know, I graduated like summa cum laude and I competed to dance for three years in college. And on top of that, I, by towards the end of college, I started all my acting stuff. Um, and what I, an overachiever. Like I am. I my mom like cannot listen to this me episode. Not, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like people telling me what I can and can't do. You know, I'm like, I'll decide that. Mm -hmm. That's a really, really great place to be though. And especially like when you kind of just realize that like, no, I need to do this because I need to survive. And I need like, because you probably wouldn't have finished school at a sumo cum laude if you did not do the dance thing to actually like balance out your life. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, it it's is... true. You know, it gave me, you know, it, it was it sucked at the time. But now I'm like, oh, thanks, mom. Mm -hmm. <laughs> thanks for like lighting that fire under my ass. <laughs> Absolutely. OK, so we're going to switch gears. We're going to get back to the pop culture of it all. And so I have a question for you. Yes. OK, so we all know like what we love, what we don't love, blah, 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 and that kind of thing. But there's like this, there's a question that I always like to, I like to ask people. And I ask this at a lot of times, like at like dinner parties and situations like that. Um, and I want to say this is like a Brian Eno kind of a thing. And so Brian Eno um, band member. And so when he would get together with, I forget which band now, and that's going to completely lose my mind. But anyways, <laughs> he had the, the, um, the strategies. And so what they would do to like write songs is they would have these cards and he would have this like little deck of strategy cards and they would like inspire thought. And one of my favorite questions that was like in, in this like little deck kind of thing is that, is there a piece of art out there? And this can be, we're going to say art in the sense of like TV, film, music, or even social media personality mm. um, that you have either pretended to like <laughs> <laughs> or that you just don't get? Um, okay, I guess I'm going to get roasted for this too because it's considered one of the greatest TV shows. Mm -hmm. um, I am not into succession. <laughs> okay, guess uh, what? We're going we're gonna to share the roasting because I'm not either. Okay. Cool. I have a one person on my team and I know it's supposed to be like, well, the acting, blah, blah. But for me, I'm like, mm, like I'm, I'm a little tired of a bunch of shows about just like a bunch of like old rich white people, mm -hmm. you know, like even if the, I mean, I'm sure the plot, if I, if I committed, I, I'm sure I would get into the plot. I'm, I know the acting is amazing, but like, I'm just not interested in that type of content. It's just, it's, it's been blind spot. I get that. Cause I actually recently did this with another HBO show. Uh -huh. And so, and it, um, and I've acted in the past like I liked it. And that's just why I say this. <laughs> and so and I'm like, oh, yeah, because I love the actors that are in it. Mm -hmm. And so and because I love Julia Louise Dreyfus. I love Tony Hale. I love Anna Klumsky, but I do not get Veep. I just mm. have not. It has not hooked me. And I tried it again Me last either. night. I, I tried <laughs> I mean watching I went two episodes last night and I was like, I can't, I can't do this. I just, there's like a blind spot. So I completely get that. And so it's one of those things that like maybe in like a year revisit succession and maybe it'll come yeah. back around to you. Cause I'm famous yeah. for that too, is that like, I don't like something. And then all of a sudden, like two years later, I like pick it up and it's like, okay, this is pretty cool. Like I get into it. I did that with girls. Like girls had been oh, out. I for love like, girls. <laughs> well, see, I got into girls. Like it's like 
third or fourth season. And all of a sudden okay. I just, I ate it up and I was like, yeah. this is amazing. And now it's like one of those series that I can just put on mm-hmm. and just have in the background and it's funny and like, whatever. So, and it's problematic as, as, uh, what's Lena her name? Dunham. Lena Dunham is. Yeah. She really made a gem. Like it she really did. is. It's, I feel it, that. It holds up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's all of that kind of thing. Yeah, my fiance just binged the series for the first time a couple months ago. So I was rewatching it with him. Mm-hmm. It's so funny. <laughs> so good. Shoshana is everything. Everything. Yeah. And, and just in some of the names. Um, okay. So another thing that I was just kind of wondering here. And so and this is going to be flipping back into your professional life. Mm-hmm. So, okay. So as I've known you, like I've mentioned in the past here is that like, you've been one of those people who's been like a dancer. That's always just been able to like swing into something, been a character actor. Last year, you played a dancing elf for me and like it's Santa Monica for the, for for the winner. (laughs) And so, you know, these places as they change through. And one of the things that like, I was thinking about, and this is like a random thought that I had, I think maybe like earlier when I was like in the shower or something. And it was like, how cool is it that you as an actor, you know what I mean? And it's, I say this as a dancer, because as a dancer, we're raised in front of the mirrors. So, you know, every angle that you sit from, you know, what your face is doing, you know, what your body's doing, this can is doing this. And how do I look today? And blah, blah, blah. And so that's what most of us are based on when you're in a dance, like when you're in that dance field, when you're, when you're there, but when you come to like your voice acting, one of the cool things is that like, you're being recognized for your talent and your voice. Mm-hmm. And so when was it like, when you had like, when have you like listened to something or when did it kind of click for you that like, this is cool, this is different. This is something that's, that's happening. Um, and for, for, for voiceover specifically? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, so I, I've always been a pretty high energy person. Um, it's why I think it's why I enjoy dance so much because usually, you know, it's we do in these really hype environments, we're always entertaining people. And um, when I was transitioning into acting, I, um, two things. One, I knew that my high energy would be good for like comedic things, um, you know, those types of shows. And then two, um, I also, I just, um, I've always been pretty emotional. I kind of wear my heart on my sleeve. So I've always connected to, you know, that side of like the more dramatic stuff. And then when I was going into voiceover, I was like, okay, so where do those two things that I love kind of like mesh together? Um, And I found more of that high energy comedic stuff um, is great for like, animation and I and cartoons is it's it's my favorite genre I just I love cartoons so much I love making people laugh um mm-hmm. I love um how cartoons are really I mean any media kind of very tr- um it transports you you know but there's something about cartoons and maybe it's just my childhood from watching cartoons I was like okay so I really like want to harness this like this like high energy like funny like that side of myself and like use that to entertain people. Cause that's what I did with dance, you know? And that's, that's mm-hmm. what I did with, with regular acting too. Nice. Who's been the most fun for you to like voice? Like, is it been a, a dub? Is it a cartoon? Like what is, what are you having fun with the most? Um, so two, I, I did, um, I did a game. I can't say what it is, but, um, it was like, <laughs> it's a, fi- it's a fighting game. It hasn't come out yet. And I'm, uh, basically, you know, an, an evil ice cream cone. And uh-huh. like, you know, and like, so that was really fun. It was really like out of the box. Um, and then um, also the show I'm on right now on Nickelodeon, uh, which is Monster High. Um, I love the character Draculaura. I'm voicing her. It's actually a reboot. Um, there was a YouTube series back in like, 
2010. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love Dracula so much just because she just really fit like a glove, you know? Like they made her half Asian, like me. And then when uh-huh. I when I got cast in the role, they made her Taiwanese, like me. And um, and I love like the whole show with the way they redesigned all the characters. Um, there's a lot of um, like diversity um, in terms of, you know, not just ethnicities, but like also like we have queer people on the cast. We have tra- trans people on the cast. Like we have people with disabilities on the cast. We have um, people of like different body types, like in the character design in the cast. And I and I saw when I first saw her character design after they released it and, it, and it's out now so you guys can see. Mm-hmm. She's like a little thick. And I was like, yes, yes, for like because it's, it's based on a for a dolls that Mattel sells. And, you know, for so long. Dolls have been marketed as that classic Barbie shape where they're really long and thin and hourglass you know, like hourglass, like these tiny little waist. But then, you know, now we're seeing more like dolls being released that have like, you know, different body types, more like average or thick or curve, you know, whatever you mm-hmm. want, it, whatever you want it to be, like shorter ones. Not everyone is exactly, you know, six foot five. <laughs> uh-huh. um, so I think that's why I really love Draculaura in Monster High, because she's just so different than what you traditionally see in dolls. Um, and she's Asian. So, you you know, gang gang. <laughs> I love that, that they actually, they made Dracula like, like an Asian cartoon, like come through. Like, I don't remember if I've ever even like seen that unless it's like intentionally like this is an Asian character. But the thing is, it's secondary to the fact that she's half Dracula or whatever. You know what I yeah, mean? Like, yeah, Dracula's like, her dad. And it's like, she never had a, a mom in the original series. So like, why not? You know, it's like uh-huh. she could have been anything. That's so spectacular. Okay. Another question I have, because like, like I peep like like your your social medias and everything else. What is it like going to these fan cons, like these different conventions and things, and like these animation cons and that sort of thing? Like, how is that now going as talent? Like Comic Con, you went to that yeah. this year. Yeah, yeah, okay. I was at Comic Con this year. Tell us about um, it. So um, it's funny. I've been to Comic Con many times before, but I was always working, you know, mm-hmm. at, at a booth or something, um, and. Um, it was cool to be there as an actor um, and just kind of you get you get a little bit more of the behind the scenes. And and honestly, even though I was there as a quote unquote professional, um, I'm still really new to the business. So, you know, I'm up there talking with um, like Fred Tatashore, who's been in a thousand projects like uh, like uh, the, the woman who plays the voice of Minnie. Like I'm up there with like giants like mm-hmm. uh, in Phil- Philomar too I'm such a big Philomar fan and, th- and then there's like and then there's me and I'm like what the heck am I doing here you know but it's just it's it's so cool to to kind of um and 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 the other thing is everyone was so nice you know even though I was definitely mm-hmm. like the new person there um I was welcomed with open arms um which was awesome and uh there was a there was a monster high booth there so I got to like interact with some of the fans and um pick up some cool merch and it just it felt like a dream <laughs> I mean seriously it does it sounds like one because I mean like you don't you often like kind of see yourself you know as like okay well you see these conferences and conventions and that kind of a thing and then to actually get to go in as talent and to have like a reason to be there other than to just gawk you know what I mean like that's that's pretty freaking cool like and I hope that you like completely appreciate that and I think that's one of those things too that you're gonna always have like this is your first con that you win as talent that you had like a little you know that people care (laughs) you know what I mean like there's there is something so nice about being like handheld and those kind of things I did my favorite so I've done a bunch of things for like comic-con and like different conventions and things like that one of my favorite experiences that I've had was a bunch of years ago um we worked for Sinister when Sinister mm-hmm. two, when Sinister 2 came out the the 
horror movie. Uh-huh. And so, and the whole thing with the sinister thing is, is that these kids find these horror, these, these horrible films in their house, they watch them and it encourages them to go and kill like their parents or whatever else. And Fun. so it's, yeah. So it's crazy, scary movie kind of thing. And so, and the sinister too, it was because there was twins now. So there was, a, mm. there was these two boys that were in the house. There's so what something they, about twins. Yeah. So they hired, uh, I want to say it was 12 sets of twins. Some of them were real twins and some of them were guys who looked like each other and they cast, you know, doppelgangers and that kind of thing. And so, and what I was responsible for with another gentleman was to go in and uh, we costumed and did their hair and makeup and everything. So they would look completely identical. And then we, yeah, so we street teamed it and it was really cool. So each couple, each set of guys that were going out, um, they were released on the streets and they each one had another person who was like walking behind them. Very Kabuki style, like completely in black, black, black hood, black, black shirt, that kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. And they were wearing a big projector on their chest that they could project movies on the side of like buildings and on the floor Whoa. and that kind of thing. So they were projecting like these sinister, like, like uh, clips and you, so people were like walking, you know, like you'd just be walking with your friends down the street (laughs) and as, and you don't realize this other guy's next to you and he has this thing on his chest. And all of a sudden this scary movie just flips up on like the wall (laughs) next to the hard rock. And then these two little twins come out of nowhere and they just point, you know, and so everywhere. It was such a great like street team, like Instagrammable moment. It was like one of the best experiences. And, but it, what was so great about it was I was there with a major movie studio. So it was mm-hmm. just like, open the doors, this door opens, like, this yep. is magical. Like all of a sudden, <laughs> like, you're like, wait, so if I go through this little tiny door right here, I'm going to be back at craft services and something else. And like, it was just like, yeah, there's, there's snacks. It was yeah. all that kind of thing. I'm a big fan of snacks. So hello, <laughs> I asked you a question about sandwiches. I'm okay. So, <laughs> it was all that. Okay. So Getting into, because we were bald and bingeable. And so one of the things that we always like to ask people is like, what is a binge recommendation from Courtney Lynn? What do you, what would you tell people to like right now they need to run and watch? Okay. Um, I, I'll, I'll, I'm going to give you two because I work in voiceover. So first one, live action, Shits Creek. Yes. Yes. Watch it now. So I'm I'm also one of those people that like like um like D like it takes me a little bit to warm up for Shit's Creek. I think it took me like nine episodes, nine full episodes, because I didn't get it. But once I got mm-hmm. it, oh my god, I was hooked, and I literally watch it every night before bed. It's like it's my comfort show now. Like it's so funny and so hilarious, and it'll make your day. So watch Shit's Creek, and then two um on Netflix um one of my favorite shows is She-Ra um mm-hmm. the the reboot the one that came out um couple few years ago now which um, is completely diverse and everything else as well yes really great. so diverse so wholesome you're gonna feel good watch it oh i gotta get in, back into it okay my recommendation this week is going to be a league of their own on prime so prime actually they released two really fantastic series both live action mm-hmm. um and one of them is a league of their own it's abby jacobson darcy carden uh, Rosie O'Donnell makes a, an appearance in it, Whoa, which is okay. really great. Yeah. It is, it is completely, um, diverse, you know, it's, there's a lot of queer representation in it. A lot mm-hmm. of, um, looking back into like that time and that era of like the forties and fifties and, you know, guys are going to war. And that's they, so cool. Cause usually that time period, they don't show that. 
They yeah. don't show that side of it. And they are completely because these are the girls who went and played softball. You know what I mean? And yeah. so and they they took that. And then with Abby Jacobson, like who she recently just um, announced that, you know, her engagement and that sort of a thing. Mm-hmm. P.S. Congratulations. <gasps> Thank you. I'm going to yes. next year. <laughs> yes. So th- when this comes out, it, it will have already been. So you have to look at her timeline a little bit further. But I just saw today that you guys got engaged. Yeah. How congratulations. Thank you so much. We've been dating for five years. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's a sweet guy too. He's actually worked yes. for us too. Yes, so he has. You guys went and worked for Nike for me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so much fun. But um, yeah, congratulations. But yeah, so that was one of my things that I'm telling people to watch. And then the other one is a Prime series that I'm just going to kind of keep in the Amazon Prime situation is it's called Paper Girls. Okay. Um, Ali Wong's in it. I love bunch- Ali Wong. I'm obsessed with her. She's in a dramatic role in this and she kicks ass. And uh-huh. so... Um, watch it is it's essentially it's like if stranger things <laughs> had a baby with remember the movie now and then the old yes. movie like yes. with, with, with like demi moore and you know um so those like so it's that so what it is is it's these uh four good friends one of them just kind of meets the other ones and happens upon them and then these other girls and they end up um time traveling and so, and it takes place in like the nineties, early two thousands. And then now, you know, 2019 is like where, where they go up. And so it's like 2019, 2009, I think 1999, something like that. Mm-hmm. And so, and it's a span. And so Ali Wong plays one of the characters as an older, you know, her older version of herself yeah. and they get to, you get to meet yourself as a younger person, as an older person. It's like, it's so much fun and it has that stranger things kind of nostalgic vibe. They're on their bike, they're running around and it's, yeah. but it's like four little girls getting dirty and getting their hands, you know, like, like dirty with, with punching boys and all that kind of thing. It's fabulous. Uh, I, I have to watch that. Yeah. Paper girls. It's my new favorite thing. So those two and the really, really quick, easy binges. So those are the two things I'm going to tell you guys that you guys need to make sure that you guys watch. Okay. And then my other like question that I like to ask everybody is that, do you have a crush right now? Um, and this can be a fictional character. It can be a flavor of lip gloss. It can be something that right now that you are just completely like, oh my God, I love it. Okay. Um, so the first thing that came to mind. That's um, what I love. <laughs> have you ever had pepperonata pasta? Do you know what that is? No, I don't know if I do. Okay. So um, basically it's, it's a pasta and um, I learned how to make the sauce and the sauce consists of sweet onions and sweet bell peppers. Um, Mm. So I, and, and I like to use more like orange and yellow and just a few red, but mostly orange and yellow. And so when you cook it down and you blend it together with a little bit of garlic, it becomes this like bright orange, like it's like a little bit of salt and the sweetness from the onion and the bell pepper. It's amazing. And I just throw it over um, like bucatini or like thick spaghetti because I like my like my pasta thick and mm-hmm. um, like a lump of burrata cheese on top. Okay. Oh, my God. Change your life pasta. So where when is the TikTok tutorial and when is this going to go viral? Because oh, it sounds gosh. like I need it in my life. Yeah, <laughs> I'll also need the recipe. Don't worry. <laughs> okay. And repeat again. What is it called again? Is what Pepperonata pasta? pasta. Pepperonata pasta. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you guys, her, she's completely in love with pepperonata pasta. And I'm actually going to mention a food product to you today for my crush of the week. And it is nostalgic and also trash. <laughs> and um, I don't want to be judged for it. 
So it would be the French toast sticks at Jack in the Box. You guys, French toast sticks <laughs> are back. <laughs> um, I don't know why French toast sticks made a comeback. I remember having them like in like, you know, eighth grade, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. you would pop them in and like, you know, that was something that like mom was like, okay, have this. And then all of a sudden I was like, these are bad for you. So it was that. And so the other day I saw them, they were on the menu and I was supposed to like order myself like real food. And I was like, that's all I want is a three piece of that. I got my whole entire life. Okay. So that's it. Anything with syrup is even better. So it's sugar. Okay. You guys, I really appreciate you guys tuning in today for this episode of Bald and Bingeable. And this goes to show that we don't have to just talk about perverted gross things all the time. (laughs) This is like, this is probably the most wholesome episode we've ever had because I am not going to step on Courtney Shine and she's working with Nickelodeon and all the other kind of things. So we want to make sure that she just keeps on working. So you guys give Courtney so much love and support over at the Courtney Lynn and all the socials. Find her on my Monster High, on Rainbow High, on what else, Courtney? Well, Ghost in the Shell, oh, even a project coming up right now that you had mentioned to me. Yeah, um, so I'm in a video game with um, Allison Packard and Steve Bloom called Neon White. Um, it's a it's a speed game, um, and it's available on the Switch, and it's really, really fun, so you guys should check it out. So check it out and look for her voice. Listen for her voice. Yes. So, <laughs> you need to start like recording kids' books. I need to have that. I want you to record all my nephews' like favorite books because it's like your voice is completely perfect for it all. Amazing. So. Yeah. <laughs> okay, you guys. This has been an episode of Ball and Eventual. We really, really appreciate you guys. Find all the other information inside the show notes for today. And other than that, good night from the lower level. Thank you. Bye. Good night from the lower level. <laughs> <laughs>